Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Today on the podcast we have audio from September 11th. A guest speaker, regular here at North Shore Vineyard, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson is the pastor of the Mid City Vineyard, which was just planted about six months ago. They're uh, down in Mid City area of New Orleans. And uh, I had the opportunity of speaking over there uh, not too long ago, and just very much a kindred spirit in ministry, and uh, uh, we're we're glad they're doing well down there. So we're going to hear from Brian today, and this is called uh, Prayer, a Formative Process. Thanks for having me, um, though you didn't have much control over that, I know, so, but thank you. <laughs> Let's see here, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to start this uh, this morning, and I think that I would like for us to, to jump in and, and just um, use a moment of reflection, before, but before we do that, um, I haven't met so many of you, and so just uh, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Brian, my wife Christy is with me, and we uh, pastor the Mid-City Vineyard Church in New Orleans on Canal Street, and uh, we've been doing that for about six months now, so we, we just turned six months old, it's going, uh, you know, I really don't know, I think it's going great, but I'm not sure what a church is supposed to look like at six months old, so we're going to say it's, it's amazing. Um, we have a bunch of kids. We just moved into Mid-City. We have uh, five kids, and we just got them into new schools and new baseball teams and all kinds of things. Uh, we have a dog, and now we also own a pig. Uh, that's um, <clears throat> true story. True story. Uh, we moved into the city from the suburbs, and when we moved into the city, there are now roosters that wake us up every morning. It's a very strange neighborhood. We own a pig. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of amazing things that happen in the city of New Orleans, so... Uh, lots of fun. So uh, here's what I'm thinking as we as we start today. Maybe you could use your imagination here, and I would like for you to take something that uh, maybe you've been uh, spending a lot of time praying about lately or talking to God about lately or complaining about lately. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a, a relational situation. Maybe, there's, uh, maybe it's something with uh, your employment or your lack thereof, whatever it might be. Uh, that maybe has seemed to be weighing on you lately. If you don't have anything that has been weighing on you lately, I think that's wonderful. Um, and I would like to invite you to come teach this uh, for us. Um, it, may, it, it can be anything. But I would like for you to take that and just, if you wouldn't mind uh, even closing your eyes, I think that'll help a little bit. But I'd like for you to hold that uh, right there before the Holy Spirit for a moment, whatever, whatever it is. And now as you're holding that, I want to invite you into an exercise here where we are going to not concentrate on it now. 
But I want to invite you to, to reflect upon the phrase, come Holy Spirit. And with our eyes closed and we, we are internally reflecting upon the phrase, and we, we utter the words under our breath, come Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to concentrate on your breathing for a moment here. And as you breathe in, Use your imagination to to actually see yourself breathing in the beautiful presence of God. And so we inhale, breathing in the Spirit, saying, come Holy Spirit, and then exhale slowly. We breathe in and exhale. We breathe in, come Holy Spirit, and exhale. And with our eyes closed, and as you just concentrate on your breathing, I want to pray for us. Spirit of God, we acknowledge your presence and your beauty that's in this place, and your presence and beauty that is in our lives. And today, as we gather together as the saints of God in this place, Lord, would you remind us that this is a holy place and this is a holy space because you are here. And Lord, as we breathe in your presence today, we ask that you would make us aware once again that you alone are the sustainer of our life. You are the breath that fills our lungs. And Lord, would you remind us that you are ever present that your beauty and your grace fill this earth, and even now would you fill us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. There's this, uh, there's this story in the Old Testament in Second Chronicles chapter 20. It's, uh, you wouldn't wander upon it on accident. You'd probably just have to be reading uh, the book of Chronicles, for some reason. And um, in this particular story, there's a king. His name is Jehoshaphat, or Jehoshaphat. And he's going into battle. And as he's going into battle against these, these, um, these other tribes, he reaches this place where he, he utters this prayer to God. And, and, the, and the prayer goes on and on, Lord, you, uh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, uh, the God of heaven, and you rule over the kingdoms of the nations, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and he just goes on and on and on and on and on in this prayer. And in the very last sentence of the prayer, he says, Oh, Lord God, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So this is a king, this, this noble king, who's going into battle, this, this eloquent prayer, and then finally he reaches down and he says, here's the real thing, God, we don't know what to do. And so we just, we look to you. And I, one of the greatest experiences that I've had over the last um, probably two years is actually figuring out how to pray. Figuring out what prayer actually looks like. I, 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 I would say that in the past, I've, I would say that, oh, sure, I, I, I knew what it was to pray. But what I really knew what it was, was I knew what it was to go before God and just to give him my list and say, and God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need you to do this, and I need you to do this, and I need you to do this. And yet, I've been learning lately that uh, there might be 
a little bit more to prayer than that. And so that's, that's what I'd like for us to look at for just a, a few moments this morning. In the book of Matthew, Jesus, uh, this is so cool, where Jesus in, in ver- uh, chapter 6, he says, listen, when you pray, don't pray or don't babble on like the pagans, for, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. He says, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So I've always taken this passage to say, you know what, I've got my list, but God, who knows everything, already knows what's on the list, so I don't have to be so quick to utter all the things that are on the list, so to speak. But over the last couple of years, I've been coming to this this realization that I think there's much more going on here than... than don't hold down there. Then uh, what we have come to understand. What I think Jesus is actually saying here is, listen, your Father in heaven knows what you need. So when you come before God, don't come with a whole lot of words, but just come before God because he's the one that knows what you need. And I think if Jesus, uh, I'm not sure why he didn't, but I think if he would have kept going just a few more sentences here, he could have said or would have said, and the truth is you actually don't know what you need. You see, so what happens is we come before God, and, and, and we, we come with all of our stuff, and we say, God, I really need this and this and this and this and this, where many times, what if God is actually saying, or wanting to say, if we have ears to hear, no, that's, that's not what you need. What you really need is trust in this situation. What you really need is patience in this situation. What you really need is wisdom in this situation. What you really need is more of my presence in this particular situation. I've been recently getting into, uh, and I'm, I'm a super novice at this, but, but wine has been something that I've been uh, coming to enjoy uh, much more as of late. Uh, one of my favorite things to do right now is, is uh, put our children to bed. That's one of our favorite things to do is put our children to bed. <laughs> it's by far the favorite part of my day. And, uh, <laughs> and then once the favorite part of my day is over, we put the children to bed. And then uh, w- my wife and I, we, we've been enjoying just trying different, different wines. And so each night we'll pour ourselves a glass of wine and we'll just sit on the sofa and, and, and we'll talk for some time. And, and we just enjoy uh, these different types of wines, and I've been uh, buying books on wine and trying to learn a little bit more about wine. And there's this there's this really cool thing. And so I am a I'm a I'm a super novice. So if you know wine, then uh, I, I can't even have a conversation with you about it yet. But here's the part that that I've I've I, I can have a conversation about right now. See what happens is you go to the the wine store and you you buy a bottle of wine and you pour that bottle of wine into a glass and you enjoy that bottle of wine and and if you're if you're not thinking about it you think wow this is just wonderful it's been it's been delivered right here to my counter it's it's, it's in my glass and now I'm I'm sipping on this and my, I'm enjoying this but you see there's so much more obviously that goes into enjoying a really good glass of wine and it goes it goes back quite quite a ways and and we would take it what i'm what i'd like to see us do this morning is is take it all the way back to not just uh not just the region that it came from not just the winemaker not just the winery but all the way back to actually where the grapes come from where the vines come from where the vineyards are planted and they're planted where they're planted deep within the soil and uh as i've been studying this and looking at this over the last number of of, of weeks and months the vintner, the one, the winemaker, has an incredible vocation, and it is to make wonderful, beautiful, amazing 
wine. But the only way the vintner can actually start the process is by taking care of the very soil that the vineyards, that the vines, that the the grapes themselves will grow in. And, you know, there are different regions all around, all around the globe, France and Spain and California and Oregon and, and on and on and on. And, and there are different types of vines and grapes that grow better in different types of soils. And all along the way, the vintners have had this responsibility to figure out what vines grow best in which soils. And so you could have your, your Verdots or you could have your Bordeaux or you could have your, your, your Pinot Noirs or your Rieslings. You have all these different types of, of grapes, but certain ones don't grow well in certain types of soil. And others grow very well in certain types of soil. You know, I would, I would think that, that rocky soil would just be flat out bad, but, but as I've been studying, rocky soil is actually wonderful for grapes that are grown in cooler regions because the rocks within the soil keep the, the roots and the vines warm in the cooler weather of night. And so the vintner has this responsibility to take care of the soil, to learn the soil, its trial, its error all along the way. They have this, this amazing responsibility to, to make sure the soil is balanced and to make sure that it's fertilized and that it's refertilized. And, and one vintner said it like this. He said, life in the soil is a struggle. Life in the soil is a struggle, but the cycle of growth, death, and decay is essential for healthy soil. The cycle of growth, death, and decay is essential for healthy soil. And so I would suggest that just as the vintner cultivates the soil of creation, I I have come to understand, or, or I'm coming to understand, I think is a better way to say it, that prayer is how we, as followers of Jesus, those who are filled with the Spirit of God, that prayer is how we cultivate the soil of our lives. Prayer is how we, we, we ebb and flow and move with what God is doing in our lives. Prayer is the way that we actually uh, allow God to shape us, it, allow God to form us. I was taught for so long that, that God, God needs me to pray, God wants me to pray, that apparently God was lonely and he wanted someone to talk to him and he, he just wanted me, you know, I was, like we, we hear all these different kinds of things. God does not need us to pray. I would say that prayer, we don't pray because God needs us to. I would suggest that we pray because we need to. Because prayer is a way in which we are being formed. So maybe this morning you hold on so tightly to, to whatever it is. Maybe it's uh, financial uh, struggles that you're having in your life right now. Maybe it's unemployment. Uh, maybe it's relational issues, whatever it is. And, and hopefully, and if not this morning, because that was only a, a two-minute exercise, but, but hopefully we reach a place where even this morning what we just did, what, the, what that um, is, a, is a, it's a form of prayer. That's the other question. How do I pray? I would suggest that you take that exercise that we just did this morning and, and spend two minutes, two minutes in the morning, just taking whatever it is and then saying, for now, I'm not going to focus on that. Because if I focus on my financial problems, then all of my prayers are, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please, 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 please. And what if God's saying, well, you know what? Right now, I have something else that I want to shape in you. I have something else that I want to form in you right now. But I'm going to need you to take your eyes off of that for just a moment and, and allow me in this space. Does that, does that kind of connect with you? 
And so prayer really, ultimately, it's for us. We pray because we have this deep and intense need to be formed, to be shaped. We have this, we have this need to be molded in our souls and in our emotions and in our psyches and in our, our minds and our spirits. In the book of Luke, there are three consecutive chapters where Luke actually draws out and he shows us that Jesus prayed. (laughs) Here's the other thing. I've I've always been told, um, you know, well, if Jesus needed to pray, then you certainly need to pray. And I was like, yeah, right. Sure. I I mean, I I never knew what that really meant, but I just kind of went along with it because I I was told that. And and he's God. And so if God needed to pray, which I never really understood that either. Well, if we're really honest, I was like, why did Jesus need to pray? I mean, like, he's God. I, what's, what's the deal? I, I, I think he just needed some alone time because his disciples were always driving him nuts and stuff. And so he's like, I just need to get away. But, but here's the deal. He was like putting his kids to sleep at night, you know. And he's like, oh, good, they're finally down. So, so what if Jesus really did need to pray? What if he actually literally needed to pray. You see, in the book of Luke, four times in three chapters, Jesus went off to the mountain to pray. Jesus went off by himself uh, to be alone. Jesus uh, went, uh, got up early in the morning and went to pray. You see, what I actually believe is happening here is that Jesus needed to pray. And I, I believe this with all my heart today because Jesus was 100% human being just like you and just like me. And I believe that every time that Jesus stepped away from, from all of the chaos and all of the stuff going on around him, I believe that Jesus was stepping off, stepping into a place where the Holy Spirit of God could shape and could form Jesus himself. I believe that Jesus was one who was walking the planet, just like us, who needed to be shaped who needed to be formed, who needed to have his eyes taken off of the problems at hand and to be shaped by God, by the Spirit, to say, hey, Jesus, today, this is how I'm shaping you. This is how I'm forming you. This is how I'm maturing you. This is how I'm growing you. See, earlier in the book of Luke, Luke actually says that Jesus himself grew in wisdom and maturity. So we have this indication that Jesus didn't just... I mean, it wasn't just like this... uh, this, um, uh, um, uh, esoteric kind of download where Jesus is like, okay, I got it. I, I need to do this, 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 and this today. No, I mean, Jesus was just like you and I, and sometimes I just flat out don't know what to do. Just like King Jehoshaphat, or however you say his name. Uh, uh, just like just like I am, just like you are, I think Jesus was the exact same way. Therefore, I really do realize that if Jesus himself needed to spend time with God the Father and be impacted and molded and shaped by the Holy Spirit, then that is a good model. That is a very good model for you and for me. Jesus was intent on pursuing God's path. Jesus was intent on cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And so the way we're shaped is by, I believe, creating space. Uh, other things I was taught was, hey, you know, you need, to, you need to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you need to pray for an hour and, you know, get that quiet time in. And, but, you know, like I know a lot of people who do that, but they're like really, really mean people. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you should sleep more. 
you would be nicer. And uh, so, you know, I... I think for me, there is, no, there is no real ultimate formula here. And once someone tries to give you a formula, I'd probably run the other way. Oh, no, I wouldn't probably. I would run the other way. I run the other way from formulas. I, I just kind of like, nah. My, my thought here for all of us is prayer is an opportunity for us to retreat, to reflect, and to respond. Retreat away from whatever it might be to reflect upon how the Spirit of God wants to speak into this, and then to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying and what the Spirit of God is doing. And sometimes retreat is 30 seconds, and sometimes retreat is 30 days. If you can do a 30-day retreat, wonderful. But, you know, um, I'm not doing any 30-day retreats. But you know what? what? What does it look like for you? What might it look like for you? And then finally here, there's, I read this story not too long ago about this, um, this Celtic pilgrim. His name was Brendan. And uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. It says, Brendan, uh, this pilgrim, took a journey uh, on the sea. He had time on his hands, I, I suppose. And so he had this spiritual desire, and, and there was this sense that the Spirit of God was, was leading him to this journey on the sea. Uh, many, many, many years ago. And it was recorded that when he was at sea, uh, the story goes like this. When the wind had died and the sail hung limp, the men began to row, though they knew not where they were rowing. And so finally, Brendan ordered the fatigued rowers to stop. And he cried, for God is our helper, he is our navigator, he is our helmsman, and he will guide us. So pull the oars in and pull in the rudder, spread the sail, and let God do as he wishes with his servants and their boat. Now, there's a common phrase out there, uh, let go and let God. If you like the phrase, that's wonderful. I, I don't. Um, not, not a fan, because I, I find that oftentimes, let go and let God just kind of, people are like, well, all right, I don't have to do anything anymore. I just, you know, I just let go of everything, and, you know, God can just, woo. It's almost, it's a little bit too much like Brendan's boat here. What I appreciate about what Brendan did, though, is he put up the sails. Okay, so he didn't just say, pull in the, pull in the oars and let's just, he, he put up the sails. And, and so this is, when, if we're going to think through, and I, this is where it would go for me, let go and let God, sometimes, sometimes letting go comes down to, to, to two or three big items for us. Some of the biggest things that hold us back, I believe, is our desire for control, our need for approval, and our desire for security. <laughs> this is where now this is where the rubber hits the road for me, because when I think let go and let God, this is this is really what 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 I where I'm leaning now. Because there are certain things when it comes to relational certain relational situations where I, I don't have any control, and yet I pray and pray and pray and pray as though I do. There are certain financial situations where I don't have certain security that I desperately desire. But I, I, and as long as I hold on to it, then I can't. It's very difficult to be shaped by the things that God might want to actually speak to me and say to me and how he might want to form me. And so if we're going to let go and let God, then my suggestion here would be that we would really come to the Holy Spirit 
and that we would reach a place and, 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 and where we just begin to realize, you know what, God, I think that my biggest issue here is that I have this intense need for control in this, in this area. Or I have this desire and need for approval. Or I have this intense need and desire for security. And so, sometimes I think that when we come before God, that's why, for me, it's like, well, here it is. Here's this thing that I'm holding on so, to so tightly. And i got to figure it out and figure it out and figure it out. And yet, sometimes God says, you know, I want to invite you into a space right now. I want to invite you into a space. But in, in, in order to really be formed and shaped in this space, it's, gonna, it's going to require a little bit of letting go. And then the question is, well, how do, how, do I let, how do I let go of this particular thing, whatever it is? Whew, that's the million-dollar question. And the best I can tell is that it ultimately comes down to a place of, of trust. And I don't think you just manufacture this trust, by the way. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone's ever like, you just need to trust more, you just freedom to kick them, okay? Just boom, do it. Because I, how do you do that? I don't know. I just need to trust more. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's how I am learning to trust more. Here it is, God. And now I concentrate and I say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Because financially I'm scared to death. Come Holy Spirit. And Lord, I, 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 I don't want to be afraid. And I do want to trust but I am afraid, and I don't trust. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, you know what my family needs. You know what, what I need. You know what my wife needs. You know what the pig needs. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit. And then I allow myself to just sit in that space of retreat and reflect. And allow the Spirit of God to begin to speak and to shape and to form and you know that many times when I walk away from that prayer, <laughs> the mailman has come. I've checked the mail to see if somebody sent a check. <laughs> oh, crap, not today. And yet, where does the peace come from? I believe that it comes from the living, beautiful presence of God that is shaping me and walking me through this day, today. And saying, Brian, you know, maybe the check doesn't arrive today. Maybe the... The, the relationship doesn't get resolved today. But what I want to give you today is something more beautiful than that. Because today I want to grow you. I want to mature you. I want to give you wisdom. I want you to experience more of my presence in ways that you never have before. I want to walk you through this. There are lots of reasons that we pray, but I would say the greatest would be to pursue this amazing mystery that we call God would be to listen to the Spirit of God, to lay hold of the love of God, to be formed in the ways of God. Ultimately, to be formed in Christ-likeness, I think that's our goal, is it not? I mean, I desire to be formed into the, the ways and, and the being of Christ. And so that's what... That's how we respond. So once again, I, I want to invite you as I 
conclude this this morning. What I gave you this morning, and we're going to, let's see what we have here. We're going we're gonna to jump into it for, uh, I want to go two more minutes with it. So I invite you once again to, to close your eyes. As I read this passage from the book of Job over you this morning, obscure passages this morning, but they're good. And so, Spirit of God, your presence in this place, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, may we be a people who are formed and who are shaped by your presence. Lord, may we be a people who begin to trust at deeper, more beautiful levels, Lord. May we be a people who are not afraid or fearful, but who are being formed deeply by you. In the book of Job, the writer says that it is unthinkable that God would do wrong or that the Almighty would pervert justice. Who appointed him over the earth? Who put him in charge of the whole world? But you know, if it was, her, if it was his intention and he withdrew his spirit and his breath, then all of humanity would perish together for lack of air. So church, I say to you this morning that the presence of God is all around you. The presence of God is filling this place and this space this morning. The presence of God is filling your home. The presence of God is filling the restaurants where you will eat lunch today. The presence of God is filling the earth. The Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is alive and well. May we be a people who breathe in the Spirit, who receive our life not from our need for control or our need for approval or even our need for security, but who receive our life from the life-giving Spirit. And so, church, as we leave today, I just... Pray a blessing over you and say, may the Lord God cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God give you peace as you walk about your day. May the Lord God give you eyes to see what the Spirit is at work doing. May the Lord give you a heart to understand how you are being shaped and molded and formed, even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of what seem like unanswered prayers. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord give you peace today. We pray all these things in the name of God the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen.